Wow, yeah, that's four nice. cans? It's been a while since that happened. Yeah. It's been, been a while. A while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Sick Burn Jane, a Podlender Drug Cast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hey. I remember this time. And that's Amelia. Whee! Um, Friend of the show, Amelia Bazell, is joining us today, um, and it's not because she threatened us. It's <laughs> well, not. It's not not because she It's not not that. because she threatened us, but it's not because she threatened us. We are talking about one of two 1996 Emmas I learned today. I've been, wow. say, I've been casually saying, the 96 Emma, and then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, there are two 96 Emmas. So we're, the, instead, we are talking about the Goop Emma. Goop mm-hmm. Emma. Not goop, Emma Goop. Emma. Not no. Emma Goop. Goopma. 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 Oh, and that, I also said it wrong. That sounds like Tony Soprano. Yeah, like, no, you're and, right. Yeah, yeah that's we how. can't. Um, goop also, I, I said it wrong because it's this is the beginning not of of Emma. It's the beginning of Emma. Emma. <laughs> Emma. That's uh, so it's spelled with uh, two M's, two or six A's. I say three M's and like four A's, and also okay. an N. Emma, 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 stop matchmaking uh, Emma. Not Emma, not Enema. <laughs> Although <laughs> you know what, now it is. She is Nem- a butthole. Nema, Nema, Nema. Um, yeah, we are talking about. Uh, the Miram- ugh, the Miramax Emma, um, or the Goop Emma, um, which is a damn good one. And uh, mm-hmm. as we usually do, let's run down uh, who knows what about this. Um, I have seen it. I think I've seen it more than once, but it's been at least 15 years. Um, Janine, you're a no, correct? You had not seen it? Nope. Never seen. Julie, you had not seen it? Nope. Um, uh, Janine, how did you feel about the casting for Byron Orange Top? Who was Byron Orange Top again? Uh, he doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Amelia, I'm just wondering, have you ever seen this movie? I'm wondering if someone can do some math for me real quick. Great. All right. I watch this movie, I would say, an average of four times a week from the ages of like nine to 13 or 14, and then okay. probably cooled it down because then I had like, extracurriculars to do, so I had to stop watching Emma so much. So then probably down to like a couple, two, three times a month through probably like high school. College, I would say like uh, once a month. And now as an adult, I would say twice a quarter. So oh, how many times is that? It's it, definitely it, over 100. Oh, I mean, if the numbers you gave for just 9 to 13 are correct, you're, you're that's 832 times. <laughs> yeah! Uh, so you've watched it well over I fucking know times. this movie inside and out, top to bottom. <laughs> okay, so some questions. Um, you you have a digital copy. You you have purchased it through the Dark Lord Bezos. Yes. Um, but you also have a, D- a put-upon DVD. Yes, and I've, it started with the VHS. Right, and do you still have the VHS? Yes. It might be at my parents' house, but maybe they talked me into letting them get rid of it. Did you did you watch it enough that the tape started to go funny? Because that happened to me with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Oh, Years. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the op- I remember like the opening sequence with the paper mache blue marble that we're all standing on to co-opt from the Julie's jokes. Uh, was starting to get a little like if the music was like da 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 da, it was a little like. Was auto tracking. Little wobble wobble. Yeah. yeah. Auto tracking was kind of always engaged with that VHS. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
so we're talking about what we're calling part one, which for us is um, the paper mache blue marble uh, through the dueling pianos. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, a, a staple of anyone's college bar going experience. Um, dark days. <laughs> Allison, what song do you think of first when you remember your dueling piano days? Oh, it's always Billy Joel. I was going to yeah, say, isn't it Billy piano Joel. man? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I, in, co- in ye old college days, I was friends with a guy who did dueling pianos because he was in, a band I was in called the kids are all right cover band. Um, so we went to see him play a lot and those people are incredibly talented. The problem with dueling pianos is not the dueling pianists. The, the problem audience. is all of the people who are like, yo, can you play a wall nation? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the problem uh, where all of a sudden you're taking a trip to Margaritaville when what you really want is to take a trip to Margaritaville. Because right. <laughs> you can't take it anymore. Um, so it's not the dueling pianists; it's the dueling penises. It's the all dicks. It's yeah. It's all the dicks. All the dicks. Um, and also <laughs> some some. No, let's. It's not. And uh, as with buttholes, that's not a gendered term. When I'm talking about the the downsides of dueling pianos. No. That's the problem. The the problem is they just suck. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> all genders, all genders <laughs> in a dueling piano bar can be yeah. sucks. They yeah. suck. Mm-hmm. Lots of buttholes. Um, speaking of buttholes, uh, yes. I'm so excited to, for Janine to start his Emma journey because, um, as you may have, uh, you may remember if you listened to Emma Solved, um, Janine has no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> well, none he's at all. Specifically has no clue about Mr. and Mrs. Elton. Yes. He had a little bit of a clue of the Harriet situation and all that. Yeah, because he, he read nothing of these. Buttholes. I don't know what you read, like twenty pages or something. Yeah, twenty pages, and it was just way too complex. For well, me. it's hard because <laughs> Emma is such a butthole, and you're not yeah. used to um, the protagonist in an Austen novel where you think like, "Oh, this is going to be a nice, fun read." You're not used to her protagonist being buttholes. Usually, they're yeah. surrounded by buttholes, but Emma, yeah. total butthole. Emma starts out pure butthole. Yeah. You know, and I think that probably was the confusion part because as I was reading, I was, I was trying really hard to give her a lot of benefits of the doubt because I'm like, you can't be the butthole. You're the you're the main oh, character. She's, she's the butthole. You she's should. I mean, butthole. her heart is in the right place. She's just so misguided and so conceited yes. that she can And so entitled. Yes. Like, that she cannot comprehend the damage that she is doing. And mm. she thinks, and she's too, you know what is a problem? It's a problem of overconfidence, which is, a, it's a real, um, it's a real plague among the rich people, um, mm. as evidenced by um, the now completely diminished hotness of one Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, ri- rich people can be real stupid. Um, mm-hmm. because they like you know Emma would like run for office without any experience. Oh yeah, but she would. Yeah. She's a De- she's a Betsy DeVos. No, oh she's God. not. You take that. Well, I mean, back. okay, you're right. Oh. You're right. She's not that bad, but she does have that kind of money. She has she's yacht on that... yacht money. Yeah. Right. So she would run for office and get elected because she's got all that money. You know who yacht she is? On she's yacht money. Ice town. Ice clown. Clown town. Clown town. Clown town. <laughs> Yeah, um, she's, she's that, Bobby Newport. 
She's Bobby. She's Bobby Newport. (laughs) Only she's a lot smarter than Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport is an idiot. Um, Give it to me. Give it to me. I want it. Give it to me. Um, This is my Afghan hound, Raclette. I bought I bought Raclette last week. And I was like, "Would you like me, Afghan hound?" I was like, "Oh no, oh no, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong." Um, but yeah, she's Bobby Newport. Yeah, she's Bobby Newport. She's a, she's um, the worst, but you love her. Uh, and any good adaptation of Emma, you have to go. God, you suck. Why do I like you so much? Uh, which I think I this one say- accomplishes. She she's winning me over slowly as she softens a little bit. And also when we're given the opportunity to see the actual good deeds and stuff that she does, like when she went to visit the that sickly woman and all her children. And so you get to, you get to kind of have a little valves that release the butthole a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she the Gwyneth is mean. Oh, she's mean. And, and like uh, my other Emma knowledge is clueless. And Cher is kind of bubbly and kind of mean, but she's not as mean as Gwyneth. No, she's not. Like, Gwyneth is like, and I was surprised by that. Because she doesn't... The Aspen Factor. Yes. The Aspen Factor, yeah. And the problem is, she doesn't think she's being mean. She thinks she's just telling the truth. Right. Um... Maybe that's what makes it so much, so difficult, because you're just like... Borderline insidious. But then, I think that this adaptation does a really good job of sort of making sure that you remember that it's the problem here is that she's so rich that her head is just entirely up her own ass, um, mm. which is not the money's fault, but it's not, not the money's fault. <laughs> like it's, but it like, like you, you're, I assume you're all, yeah. or at least a lot of you listening or watching succession, uh, being rich is a scourge, man. <laughs> um, it, that will, t- mm. I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. I would be miserable on a <laughs> private helicopter. Yes. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Like I her would mom, be. like Emma's mom dies when she's five, um, and that's when Miss Taylor comes in. We were trying to figure out how old Miss Taylor is. If Jane Fairfax is considering being a governess and she's about 21, and Miss Taylor has been with the family for 16 years and the book starts. So yeah, you were right. Like she's Miss Taylor, Mrs. Weston. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're Miss, you're dear Miss Taylor no more. You're dear Mrs. Weston, Weston. now. How happy this must make you. Um, but yeah, so Emma's, Mom is dead. Like, and even though the relationship with I'm just gonna call her Miss Taylor. Let's be real. Miss yeah, Taylor is my Ms. Sears Taylor. Tower. Yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Woodhouse too. Mr. Woodhouse will never yeah. call her Mrs. West. Never. That's such a great. Character. Everybody else <laughs> is calling Miss Taylor Guaranteed Rate Field, and, and <laughs> I say Comiskey. And I say but yeah, so like, even though they're like sisters and they've been together for so long, like at the end of the day, Miss Taylor is still like an employee and can't really afford to tell Emma what's up. Her dad is so like emotionally dependent on her for everything that he's never going to tell her. Like, but where's the fault in you uh, is a thing that he says in the beginning of this. Again, I'm just going to be quoting this movie at you and you're going please, to have to just like cut my mic. Please no, do. That really um, helps me because you're like, it's like because you do such a good like quote just now and impression, I was like, oh yeah, in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm, I remember that. Thank you. Yeah. See, you're, you're <laughs> deepening Janine's experience. Yeah, totally. Thank you. I don't remember what the age gap is between Emma and Isabella, but it's enough that Emma has been mistress of the house since she was like a teenager, which on one hand, yeah, everyone was married as a teen. You were kind of mistress of the house, but like it's a big house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there's just there's no the power structure and the like, the emotional power structures are just so in place. Like like I mean, Mr. Knightley's kind of the only person to try to take the piss out of her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but which but, she obviously enjoys. 
until it stops being jokey and fun right yeah which Mm is oh that's coming up which brings Mm -hmm. us i mean already we've seen some of that i jeremy northam the archery scene he had uh, jeremy northam Mm -hmm. best known in this podcast as the hot villain from the net um he (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, Mozart's ghost. He. Um, God, I, I really <laughs> need to watch that movie again. You really God. don't. It's bad. But you know what? No, Just watch it, it to see her order pizza. Order pizza on the internet in 1993 or whenever it was. I'll then order Domino's. Mozart's ghost. Um, <laughs> she. Uh, when the archery scene, you can see that sometimes he's just like, "Nope, you know what? I can't anymore. I need. Yeah. I. I mm-hmm. love you, and also." I gotta walk away from you right now. But I need a break. You I gotta walk away from you before I say something too real. Yeah. Yeah. And he already says, like, upon my word, Emma, it is better to be without sense entirely than misapply it as you do. That was so Which is already such a burn. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although Oh, go ahead. Please. I'm talking too much. Please go, 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 go. No, no, you should be. No, you go. No, because I'm gonna Janine talk. This is an aside about the archery scene. Those dogs were behind the targets, assholes. Oh! Why were they doing that? I did not notice that. And there's that great scene when it's like the end of the argument before they go have tea and Emma like misses. Oh, gee, I wonder. She misses the target in matchmaking and she's using an arrow. Could that be symbolism? I don't know. I don't know. But then then there's a fiery cross. Off, it's the fiery cross. Off, like all, out of frame, you hear a dog whimper, and then Mr. Knightley <laughs> looks at Emma, and this is a line quoted in my family, like basically every day. Try not to kill my dogs. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I missed that. I must have been too busy talking to Neil or talking to the crowdcast about it. I was like, was she so was bad. missing so much at the end there, and then those dogs popped into frame, and I was concerned. I was concerned. Rightly That's my so, aside. Rightly so. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you just know I mean, Emma thinks she's a great shot. Yeah. Um, the, this adaptation does a really good job of underlining how much the problem, how many of the problems that Emma has are related to ego. Because she has been told her entire life by everyone around her except for Mr. Knightley that she is without flaw, that she is good at everything, and that the only other person who gets that kind of phrase is Jane Fairfax, who, as a result, she's like, blech. Yeah. In her defense, <laughs> I don't want to meet in her. her defense, uh, Jane does seem like, as we meet her in the story, and I won't give I won't give any spoilers as to why she might be acting this way, but she does seem like um, she's maybe not the best conversationalist at the moment, um, and is mm-hmm. maybe not particularly socially inclined to hang out with Emma. It feels like her mind is on other, other things. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the, I don't remember if this is in the book, but it's definitely in the You don't remember version, if it's in the I what? Also, Hold on. The boo. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, your tw- I like your turn on that. Well, I had to, I had to bring Winnie into it. Like we're, we're still kind of close. We're close to, to Halloween. Halloween was a week ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember if it's only in the 2020 or if it's also in the book, but Emma says something about like, I do not understand why everyone thinks that Jane Fairfax and I should be such good friends simply because we are the same age. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's established. Yeah, she's mediocre at everything she tries. She's a noodler, dare I say? And as a fellow noodler, I'm like, I understand mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. She could probably be very good at any number of things, but she just yes. doesn't actually try very hard and doesn't stick with anything long. What there's a detail in the mix where um, uh, Emma has all of these plans. It's it's 
Miss Taylor, the Sears Tower, and Mr. Knightley are having a conversation about the relationship between Harriet Smith and Emma. Um, and mm-hmm. initially, we see the after in the this first hour, but initially Mr. Knightley is like, this is bad. This is a f- friendship that's just going to make Emma feel that much more superior, and she's going to do more harm than good to this girl. Psst, he's correct. Um, he is right. But Mrs. Weston is like, no, I was talking to her. She has all of these plans to read. They're going to read together. They're going to learn things. And Mr. Knightley is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one before. (laughs) Um, I'd like to introduce you to the stack of library books that I got from the library yesterday that I will almost certainly be returning unread. Um, (laughs) uh, And uh, it's uh, see also magazine subscriptions. Um, Mm Yeah. She is uh Yeah, there's even a like in the opening oh, No, please, I'm done. Yeah, she's noodling like there's the opening scene where she's presenting the paper mache little uh globe as a wedding gift, and Miss Taylor says, like, your painting grows more accomplished every day. And she and Emma responds something like, It would be better if I had practiced more as you had urged me to. Mm-hmm. And then later, like right after that, when like Mr. Knightley shows up and Emma's moping around the house because oh no, mommy got married. Um he says something about like, oh yeah, she was like, I I miss, I'll miss that she can like walk with me and talk with me and urge me to better myself. And Mr. Knightley is like, well, that should be no different because you always did exactly as you pleased. Yes, but I shall miss her urging me. <laughs> yes. Like no one can motivate Emma except for Emma. Mm-hmm. And Emma has no reason to motivate Emma. Emma is yeah. she's already of, sitting at the top. She's already sitting at the top of the pile, baby. And I think she's one of those people, and I am also one of these people. So this is both a sick burn and a self own, but she's one of those people who feels accomplished by deciding she's going to do something that's going to better her. Right. She makes the decision that she's going to do something and that gives her the self satisfaction that she needs. So then she just doesn't do it because she, I'm definitely going to go to the gym tomorrow morning. So I get to have cake now like that. I'm in this picture and I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm going to, listener, I'm leaning to the side to reveal the trombone that I stress bought during the pandemic and have barely touched. Jane Fairfax would love to come in with her trombone and roast me later. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn Miller the shit out of you. Um, oh, this explains so much. No wonder, no wonder I and we are so fired up about Emma. We're yeah. in this picture. I feel like maybe like uh, the pandemic has made us all slightly more like Emma and also a lot more like Miss Bates, uh, which now we should put, po- I'm definitely more like Miss Bates now. Julie just almost fell out of her chair because she's she feels that truth so hard, right? I do. I had an entire Miss Bates meltdown at my work picnic the, like two days ago and while it was happening i could feel it coming out of my mouth and i'm like stop and it just kept mrs bates miss bates was the person who kept reading blah blah blah, 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 oh, blah, blah, blah napkin blah, wait blah, i forgot blah, a napkin blah, napkin blah, sorry but yeah the last date i was on a while ago i would totally miss bates it i was just like i i think i talked for like 15 minutes straight and was like this isn't going uh, well. I miss Bates at every time I attempt to make a travel time travel joke on the podcast, and then it doesn't work, so then I overcommit. 
and then it still doesn't work. I'm always Miss Bates. Uh, th- at this point, we have to pause for a programming break because if I don't give Amelia the space to talk about her love for Sophie Thompson, the podcast is never going to get back on track. So let's talk about Sophie Thompson. Tell us about Sophie Thompson, Amelia. Thank you so much. Um, I did organize my notes where there is a Miss Bates corner. So thank you for leading me into this corner so that we can live our lives. Maybe the best part in Friends. the movie, frankly. I, I, we're going to talk she about was Alan wet. coming, but she's maybe the highlight of the movie for me. And also, I think maybe uh, you've seen the 2021, right, Julie? So you know who plays Miss yeah. Bates in that one? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the sort of Mrs. Bennett of. Uh, Emma, where mm-hmm. no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter who is playing it, they're going to kick ass. But if you are really good, you're definitely maybe the best part of the movie. And I think that's true here. Sophie mm. Thompson. Mm. Sophie Thompson. Friends, um, did you know that Sophie Thompson is the sister of Emma Thompson? Nemesis. <laughs> friend of the of show. Andrew, what's his name? No friend of the show. Way. She's not a friend of and the show. And I, ha- I swear I didn't she dream would it. She would be, though. Although if I did dream it, Good on me, honestly. But I tried to find this before we recorded and I couldn't. Years ago, I'm almost certain I read an interview with Emma Thompson where she just goes on about how, like, everyone thinks that I'm this great actor, but the real actor in the family is my sister Sophie. And, like, she just, like, loves her so much and is, like, just dedicated to gassing her up. Um, and it's deserved. She's great. Also, it's my understanding that is Sophie Thompson like in a Harry Potter franchise or something? I don't know. Get that money. That could be a lie. Someone tried to tell me, oh, yeah, that Miss Mates is in some franchise that I don't partake in. She uh, looks a lot like um, Shirley Henderson, who plays Moaning Myrtle. Moaning um, Myrtle. Okay. Well, right someone now. lied to me. Okay, thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, Miss Mates is just everything about it. So perfect. And something I learned this week. So I was like, well, you know, Miss Bates is great, but Mrs. Bates is also killing it. Mrs. Bates is the mother of Emma and Sophie Thompson. No fucking <laughs> way. It's, oh, what's her name? Like, Felidia Law, something. Um, and also, when this movie was made, Mother Thompson uh, was only, like, 56. So, like, they really bonneted her into, into old age, and I'm just so... Everything about it. Pork mother. She mm-hmm. is in Harry Potter, uh, but very briefly. Or like okay. only one role. Uh, Deathly Hallows, part one. Mafalda Hopkirk. Oh, Mafalda Hopkirk. Does that? Sure. I. That's another. Sure. Does it uh, I don't know. I don't know Potter uh, well enough. I think. Yeah, I, I bet she got some I money. I think Mafalda Hopkirk mm. might be the one who gets eaten by the snake from the inside out. I'm going to check. Um, all right. Ooh. However, she's also Sophie Thompson keeping busy. Uh, she was in uh, two episodes of <laughs> Sex Education busy. this year, uh, a Netflix hit. Um, she did a British miniseries called Sandy Lands. That seems like that was probably a hoot. Um, she's done the British soap circuit. She was on Coronation Street. Um, she was mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. EastEnders. These are things I only really <gasps> know about because of RuPaul's Drag Race UK, but. I wonder what part she played on EastEnders because that would be really fun to like watch her play. She was, a, I know like, she was a kind villain of... because I clicked on, we're on IMDb, six wins and six nominations. Um, villain of the Year nominee for the British Soap Award in both 2007 and 2008 for EastEnders. She was also nominated <gasps> for Best Exit. So, God, I bet she got hit by a double decker bus and like split in half. 
or something. You know what I mean? God, Jesus yeah. fuck. Yeah. Or like she got a speech Jesus. before she got carted off to prison, something like that. Um, she was something. also in one of my favorite movies, which I don't watch very often because it makes me very stressed out. Um, but an all-time great cast, uh, Gosford Park. Let me just tell you some of the oh. other heavy hitters in Gosford Park. Um, Eileen Atkins, Bob Balaban, Charles mm-hmm. Dance, Stephen Fry, Michael Gambon, my friend and yours, Richard E. Grant, Tom Hollander, Derek mm. Jacoby, Kelly McDonald, Helen Mirren, Jeremy Northam, hot asshole. Oh, uh, yeah. Clive Rightly. Owen, uh, Ryan Phillippe. He's not a heavy hitter. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Sorry, that, was, that's, that, that wasn't even a burn. That's just a statement of fact. Kristen Scott Thomas, Maggie Smith, <laughs> Emily Watson. The list goes on. It's a really good cast. Wow. Um, and a really good movie if you haven't seen it, but it's tense. It's an mm-hmm. upstairs, downstairs situation. It is yeah, a great and movie. she's in that. Um, she's just so good. She it, it it's amazing so that anyone manages to almost and probably actually steal this movie from Alan Cumming, but she does because it, does. it's really close. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> good good God, Alan Cumming, he's so good. He's exactly. so obs- so obsequious, yeah. like so like in Emperor? a way that Collins is not. And apparently, so I we haven't seen in this first hour. We haven't seen him do other stuff. When you meet his wife, that's taking it to another level. Oh. You'll see. Oh. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. She's uh, mm-hmm. the person okay. who plays his wife, who I'm very excited to show up as another actress I really love. Who, <sighs> by the way, she's Juliet so Stevenson, um, also does an audiobook of Persuasion that makes Persuasion a <laughs> zillion times funnier than I thought it was because Persuasion is always the one where I'm like. That's not very funny, um, but but it's very funny when she reads it. Mm-hmm. This this movie's cast is oh, yeah. amazing. Tony Collette, Tony Collette, Oh my god! I missed Julie's reaction because it was when I was off camera. Oh, I lost Good. my mind. Good, I lost my mind. And she, I was, I, when yeah. she first showed up, I was first of all excited because I love her so much. But then I was like, is this the right part for her? And she has proven that it is. Well, that's because in fact, every what she has part proven is, is the right part. She can play any Tony part. Tony Collette, every yes. part is she the right part. She can play anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, I love her. Though I, I think I also saw, because when was, Clueless was at, certainly after this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? No. Uh, yeah, like two years? Was, 96, 97, do you know, Amelia? I think it was also really? 96. Oh. Same year? In 96, the year of the Emma. Well, because I was going to say, I, I felt like... No, 95, like... predates. I'm sure they were being made <gasps> oh. at the same time, but yeah, yeah. predates by a year. Well, I... Okay, mm-hmm. well, in my memory of Clueless, I was suddenly like, the, I could feel the same vibe, same energies, but it's Tony Collette. She's not Brittany Murphy. She's different. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but Brittany Murphy is another idea, you're right, where it doesn't matter what part they're in, they're always going to be yeah, she just kills the best it. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just always going to um, be good. But now I just want to see Tony Collette go... Rolling with the homies. the homies. I want that too. I mean, we do get that when she says, "Oh, Mister Mister Elton's eyes were brown. <laughs> Had brown with eyes the, too." With the really puppy. And she like felt the paw. Oh yeah, when she was like, when, when Emma's like, like, feel her oh. paw, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> "Don't you but understand? I have a broken yeah. heart, and it's your fault, uh, Emma." Um, for me, the point where I was like, see, there's a good person hiding inside you. It's when she is 
rightfully mortified by the position she puts Harriet in. And then this is a very faithful to the book when she apologizes and says that I thought I was going to have something to teach you, but really I feel like if I learn anything from you, I will come away better. And the way that Peltra mm-hmm. plays it is so sincere and it doesn't seem like bullshit. Where in the book, I was always like, yeah. But is I she don't think lying? she is. Yeah. I think it's I think no, she's like, wow, no. I could not have dicked over this woman more completely and she is not even a little bit angry at me she feels bad how is that possible this is a really good person which is true uh also point in this adaptation's favor i would die for robert martin we've had maybe two and a half minutes of screen time total i would die for him i would run into traffic for him he's the best well, when he pulled the hat out to sh- uh, to shield her face in the rainstorm, I almost died. That was yep. adorable. It was, and so she's already cute. soaking wet, dude. Guy. It's not gonna help, but mm-hmm. yeah, no. But he's just being so gallant. gallant, like, oh, here, sorry. It's the fucking gesture. That yeah, guy. that's it. Just, just a gem. Mm-hmm. And then later, when he when she's drying off at Emma's and telling her the story, of course, and they're like the scenes wrapping up, and Emma's like, oh, please, okay, please stop talking about Mr. Martin. She does say, it was awfully kind of him to warn me about the flooding. To which I say, flooding ah! where? What? I do love that immediately after that, though, we do see that Emma, not paying attention to the likes of Mr. Martin, gets caught in the flood. Yeah. That's, that was very funny. Yeah. Um, and can we talk about Ewan McGregor's <laughs> Willy Wonka look? It's, um, yes. it's doing something for me. Why? Because he's ridiculous, and I I love a ridiculous Ewan McGregor. It really is, and somebody somebody I can't I can't remember if it was Amanda or Kristen in the Slack said it was also like Tim Burton Mad Hatter yeah. energy, and I'm yeah. like yeah somewhere mm-hmm. in between those two definitely purple velvet is involved oh, he's no matter a fob, what for yeah. sure oh yeah um, Jane mm-hmm. Fairfax this is true in the book and it's true in every adaptation I've ever watched Jane Fairfax deserves better oh. Yes, she does. She deserves better. Oh, but see, it's Janine doesn't know what we're talking about. I don't know Sorry. what you're talking about. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Spoiler. you've already hinted that you that this uh, Churchill character not is not to be trusted. Uh, not a hill anyone should die on, as it were. Unfortunately, someone gets hoisted on that petard. Just mm. the tip, though. <laughs> Just the tip. Yeah, Janine. I don't know how much of this clock, but like, okay, right? So. Mr. Weston, Frank Churchill's dad, as you know, and mm. his wife died when Frank was an infant and so got sent off to the Churchills, and so he has less than Churchill because his aunt and uncle were like raising him and in London. And also his aunt and uncle are loaded. London is... Loaded. They're loaded. Loaded. Um, London is 16 miles away. In other adaptations, someone... I think it's nightly, it's is nightly. like, what the shit? Frank went to London today to get a haircut? It's 16 miles, but it's also like a day trip, right? It's within a day's trip of his goddamn dad, and he has never Never been been to Highbury. (laughs) Well, and this is, but this is of the culture of, because like even when Emma was complaining that now uh, Miss Taylor is no longer around, she's like, she's a half mile away. Like, that's the culture of that time, wasn't it? Like, you just don't go... But we're talking, like, he, 20 yeah, years he never came back to he see his dad. Ne- yeah. no, the reason Emma doesn't know him is because he had never come back. Never. Right? Yeah. And this is a the thing they cut out of it, but in the book, he writes a letter saying he's going to come visit, but he can't right now because his aunt is sick. Oh, he can't right now, he can't right now, he can't right now. It would Like, was planning on coming, oh. but he can't right now, he can't right now. 
and Mr. Weston always gets so excited about it. Like, yeah. and he always is looking forward to it. And then something always and happens to stop it. So we know his before wedding, his entrance that he's right? kind of a dick. Because we start the whole movie yes. with Mr. Weston's didn't wedding. Didn't come to the wedding with Miss Taylor. Yeah. Okay, you're right. No, he's a piece I, I of shit. He's a Willy he's Wonka a turd. Yeah, but now this. he's here. Yeah. Why? Why? Hmm. Huh. Maybe we'll find out why he showed up. Um, but, you know, he's got gray hair. No, I think it looks weird. I think it's a, uh, I don't find it to be attractive on him. Well, he is, um, definitely being out-hotted by the bad guy from the net. Jeremy, I know his name. His name is Jeremy Northam, but I'm just going to keep calling him the bad guy from Mm -hmm. the net. No, he's the bad net. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Dismissed. (laughs) Nope. Wow, that joke was a puppy's paw, and yeah. Allison was, was Tony Collette. No, I don't want that. There's nowhere near a puppy's paw. That was a lizard. The other end. The other end is a puppy's paw. Would you paw. like to wipe this puppy's <laughs> asshole? Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. No, I really wouldn't. No. Um, okay, we have been dancing around um, Mr. Allen coming because um, we touched on him and then we got distracted. So let's talk about let's talk about Mr. Elton because we get a if any of the arcs in the first part are like well and truly completed, it's Emma tries to match make Mr. Elton and Harriet Smith. And it goes disastrously um, because mm-hmm. her head is so far up her own ass that she has no idea what's happening. Um, but everybody else does. And he really, really, really loves celery root. <laughs> that I, I wrote that one down. It made it's me laugh wonderful. so hard. <laughs> it's too so, um, so how, how do we feel about the... Uh, the sort of preeminent non-protagonist butthole of this version of Emma and of all versions of Emma. Well, at least of the first half of all versions of Emma, because man, there's another really great butthole coming, but first half he's definitely the butthole. Yes. Uh, I, I feel I'm Mm. torn a little bit. He's amazing. Obviously, he's very funny. He's perfect for this part. But because I saw the newest one, the Netflix one, 2019-2021, that the dude from The Crown, Josh I always Charles. forget his name. Josh Charles. Josh Charles. Uh, something about the physicality of his performance really stuck with me. And Alan Cummings doesn't have really that side of it but he's still very very good i just don't know if he's gonna be my mm. mr elton oh amelia can never forgive you uh, amelia is upset i know josh charles is i i'm i'm still reckoning with like how can i love both of these adaptations like so much and like mm-hmm. i'm just like I, I love my children equally it turns out <laughs> um like i don't know my new child as well clearly mm-hmm. uh but like okay I, in my, I'm just going to give you some Elton line readings that are from the Elton section of my notes. Yes, hit us, um, <laughs> Okay, okay. For, so, like, when, well, I mean, when we had that wonderful scene when they're walking down the lane and you get the flashbacks to Harriet being a klutz <laughs> at the Clark's house. Fucking hilarious. Yes. yes. The lettuce so leaf. So funny. Oh, so funny. <laughs> the lettuce <laughs> leaf sucked <laughs> <to> her <laughs> So Emma, you know, is trying to, you know, um, Yes, I'll tell her, but uh, sat down by the 
The fire? The fire, yes. Okay, and then there's this moment. Oh, yeah. Tell him about the soup, dear. The soup? I really couldn't say. And there's just, like, you can feel the the red-hot disdain coming from Alan Cumming as he goes, Don't be so modest. <laughs> but trying to, like, but, like, still has, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't be so modest. <laughs> the little prattling ding-dong. Um... And there's also, oh God, when they're in the carriage going to the Christmas that party That was a also. great scene. That was. It's officially oh, canon. Emma's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like with, where's Miss Smith? A sad loss to our party. She'll be missed at every moment. But I would say, and I hope you will concur, that <laughs> the small parties are the best. I would prefer to fall short by two than exceed by two. Is like. Going from the, like, look at me performing how much I care about your friend. But, like, it's fine, right? It's fine. Yeah, We're it's totally going to make out We're later. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, like, it, ca- it occurred to me during the crowd cast, and I'm sure there are better examples of this, but unfortunately, in the early aughts, I fell prey to Jack Johnson. <laughs> and there is that one lyric in the, like, the whatever the Always Waiting song is. I sang your song, I danced, you danced, whatever. I gave your friends all a chance, but putting up with them was never worth never having you and i feel like that was big jack johnson energy like oh a sad loss to our party deuces <laughs> deuces <laughs> so like yeah i think some of like josh charles like he's almost like a little like a like a like a like a jack skellington like little spider humorous spider uh which is delightful but like i just and then there are some things where like they're at the party at uh, it's that first party when Emma's introducing him to Harriet, but first the Bateses arrive and Miss Bates says, like, doesn't your hair look pretty? Just like an angel. Angel mother. <laughs> and it cuts to Alan Cumming, who is like taking the direction to look at her hair, and it's just like wide eyed puppy dog, like, it is the hair of an angel. <laughs> um like if you just like Something to, because I've now seen it as we have maybe deduced over a thousand times. Sometimes it's on the background, just like as a comfort noise as I like fold laundry, which is different from a like I'm sitting down taking notes for a podcast watch. But whenever I'm watching it for real, I try to pick somebody new to like follow all of their acting choices. And so, like, when you choose an Alan Cumming run, you just see, like, I choose to believe that he doesn't. He's not sure if he's in the shot sometimes. Like, for me, that's a fun game. Oh, yeah. Like, I am, like, maybe Alan Cumming is, like, treating it like the theater. And mm-hmm. so just, like, no reaction is, like, his reactions are, like, perfectly mediated as if he's living in the space. And so for me, for that reason, he's 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 not the golden butthole of this movie for me, but he is he is my Mr. Collins. Well, and, like, okay. he's, he's giving it, like, even if he doesn't know if he's, he's, like, playing it as if he's in the shot or not, he's always giving it oh, to yeah. the other actors. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You can tell that the, um, that the writer-director, whose name escapes me right now, um, Amelia. Oh! Shit. You talk, I'll, I'll find um, it. That you can tell he really likes his performance, if only because of the way that they... F- Douglas, Douglas McGrath. McGrath, because of the way that they frame him interrupting Emma while she's trying to hear the Frank Churchill letter, because it's just his oh, hand no. just creeps into the frame and you see a little push and then it travels back and then she turns and the camera moves with her and you see the little boop and then you, it's just like, 
Also, that was a that was a very funny scene. When he silently moves to her side of the carriage and then leans into whisper, allow me. (laughs) That carriage scene was great. That carriage scene was so good. Sit back and kindly refrain from the intimacy of whispering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my note was Alan Cummings killing it in this barouche Mm. box. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Really nice. A plus. Um, there's a cute baby. Who doesn't love a cute baby that they don't have to take care of? Um, very God. cute baby. And named after you too. It's baby Emma. They named yeah. So like great. Yeah. <laughs> Babies named after me. I'm great yeah. at everything. I mean, I mean naturally. Makes perfect sense. Um mm-hmm. you know what? I think maybe the true golden butthole of the first half of this movie is actually the editor. Because there are so many good smash cuts that make the jokes funnier, particularly like, oh, maybe I should ask Miss Fairfax. <laughs> Ding! And then we cut to Emma going, plonk, plonk, plonk. Where thou art laid. The Tony Collette, the cut to Tony Collette modeling the Grecian <laughs> yes. thing was so good. That was also so the cut awesome. from yeah, the little cut, the cut from funny. Alan Cummings saying. Miss Woodhouse, you have captured her essence perfectly. And then it cuts, and there's like the outline of a head and one shoulder. <laughs> yeah, just a pencil Mr. sketch Elton, so far. You exaggerate. You exaggerate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I no, cannot. It's, it's just it's a plus shit. It's very fun. This is fun to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else in the in the first half that we haven't? talked about that we want to i'm sure amelia has points but before we get to amelia's julie janine is there stuff you want to talk about we haven't addressed yet no i'm all good we i i really wanted to talk about miss bates and mr elton so we hit those and that's i was wondering did we spend enough time on sophie thompson amelia you said you had an entire corner never (laughs) but then no i think we got through the corner i just i I think because all of you were delighted by the napkin bit and the yelling bit yeah yes well and her best scene is actually yeah Act two. It's coming up. It's in back half. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Janine. I'm looking forward to this. Right. I'm looking forward um, Oh, it's it's yeah. a cringe. Amelia. Oh, I don't oh know we haven't I'm talked about um, Mr. Woodhouse. He's funny. Oh, I love that character. I, and once again, I was spoiled by the new one because it's Bill Knight. But, like, what a fun part to play is to just kind of be a benevolent kind of above it all old rich white man that doesn't have to worry about anything but is worried all the time about like, dying like <laughs> mrs bennett but with money and without being such an asshole right like right all of the just hypochondria like, none of the nightmarishness also Surely all the food po- he is yeah, kind of yeah. a food police though you got to be careful mm-hmm. with that Surely they're not serving cake at your wedding. Far no. too rich. will put us all at peril. Where's Mr. Perry the apothecary? He will support me. He's over there eating cake. Some cake. That was a good yeah. scene, too. Cake. What? What? <laughs> or then, like, Frank Churchill's letter's like, sounds so he eats a worse amount of custard. <laughs> <laughs> there in the... I started rereading the book uh, two weeks ago, and there was a sequence where... It's from, the, I th- it's kind of like the omniscient narrator talking from Mr. Woodhouse's mind, talking about Miss Taylor leaving their house, right? And how he was, he's never going to find another person. Or maybe it was another one of the ladies' maids that moved to another house. Never find another person that opened and closed the doors just the way, 
just quiet enough to not rattle my nerves. And like to think of somebody who specifically is like, I'm going to miss that girl because she could really <laughs> close the door. I think I think I'm going to become that old. Person oh yeah, you definitely. That's are. a thing with me sometimes. Uh, I'm I mean, Janine, let me put it this way: it's there a was, fun character. When you brought up yeah. the dogs, I before you said exactly what your concern was. It could have been one of two things: it could have been the dogs might get hit by an arrow, or it could have been Mr. Knightley yeah. does not have those dogs on a leash. <laughs> that's their property. Uh, okay, and yeah, maybe not. It's a public park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when it's not a public park and like there's people walking around and like, come on, I'm not yeah, that yeah, big yeah. of a dick. No. But also, keep your dog. Neither is Mr. Woodhouse, he's though. He's not a dick. He's just kind of like a curmudgeon. Funny curmudgeon y, but yeah. kind, like really kind, but also very. And the whole thing of the getting him in his chair by the fire and how everyone knows their role. Yeah, like, I was... pull the blanket, I pull, pour the port, I make sure the footstool is in the right place. That, that shit what... is funny. That is a that yeah. is a dream of mine as a future old person. I'm going to be about doors. Is someone knows how to do all that too with me? Yeah, the chair just, goes here. The blanket right. comes from this side. <sighs> this is very obviously his chair. Yeah. Nobody else sits there. Mm -mm. Like um, yeah, it's a little got a little bit of Fraser energy. Yes, it does have a little <laughs> bit of uh, Fraser, Mr. Crane. You know, energy. he just Marty needs an Crane. Oh, <laughs> have a dog Never. live in the house? No. But they import disease. <laughs> not they import disease like babies. <laughs> babies. That, is that character funny. is so funny. D remind me, I know that the actor that plays Nick Tortelli plays this part in plays Mr. Woodhouse in uh, Clueless. He's not. Is he a no hypochondriac he's, or is he's he a more busy lawyer okay. who doesn't really know how to be a dad? Yeah, very different. Okay, so they kind of yeah, sub it out. Day, yeah, sub it out a little. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm very excited to get to the, to the clueless portion of events. Mm -hmm. Um, Amelia, mm -hmm. what did we miss that we simply must talk yes. about? Clean it up. <sighs> Thank you so much. Okay. I'm going through my, going through my notes here. Uh, well, first I would like to quickly Please. tell on myself. Um, the, the, so this movie is what, uh, introduced me to the concept of letters as a matter of public record. Re mm. Pull it out at a party, read it with your friends, and as a result, did I definitely like print out AOL Instant Messenger exchanges? Because <laughs> I thought that was just like a normal thing that pe that like that like grownups did. <laughs> yeah. Amelia. Oh, I like once rolled into middle school with like a dossier. Oh, um, yes, you have the receipt from a boy oh, to be. Wow. I had the receipts, and I just thought that was a like a sophisticated grown-up thing to do. Oh. So not that any of those boys are listening, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like we haven't really talked about Gwyneth's performance. Yeah. Or do you want to save that for part two? We could I mean, also I do that. It, at we the can end. do both. Like, we will obviously spend a lot of time talking okay. about Gwyneth's performance. I had the little bit about how she at st at the beginning I was like eh, but then she's been winning me over slowly but surely throughout. Yeah, I was okay. a little bit nervous about her accent, but it's settled in and it's fine. It's um, little, yeah. She really gets, and I think I said this earlier too. She really gets the like snobbery, like really, really hard, really good, and it's she's almost mean. And Allison's right; it's not that she's trying to be mean; she's just trying to be real. Yeah, and but it's, it's her really, like, reality. Ugh, jarring. 
Oh, Emma. Yeah. She mm-hmm. I think she did a really nice job oh, when Emma. they're when they're reading Robert Martin's letter. She's like, "Oh. It is a good letter." Wow. You said he was a his farmer? Sister yeah, his sister must have written it. Weird. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I can yeah. yeah. I think she's doing well. I, do too. I think she's doing well. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, fun fact, she and Tony Collette were both 24 when they made or at least when this came out. So they're the mm-hmm. same age. Isn't that interesting? I had that no idea. Is, I did not know that. That's that is a little. That's that is surprising. Mm-hmm. You just don't mm-hmm. connect that. They're um. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would always assume that Tony Collette was a few years older, yeah. and I just yeah. think that's because she has the parts she has played have been so varied and like all over the place that well, it just she's makes her seem older actor. or something. Like, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, she's an actor's actor. Super good. <laughs> yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow is yeah. a movie star. Which right. is not to and say Tony Collette that is an actor. Gwyneth Paltrow cannot also be good. She She's is bad. Sometimes very good. No. Um, but Tony Collette it never misses. Um, not as good. And you yeah, can give her Tony anything to do, and she will do it. Um, mm-hmm. She's just fucking great in everything. Um, how is it mm-hmm. possible that she's mm-hmm. the yeah. best one in the Sixth Sense? I don't know, but she is. She's definitely she the totally best is. part of the Sixth Sense. <laughs> yes, she is. I don't know how or about a boy. She's a, no, that's not true. It's Hugh Grant. She's the second best part of about a boy. <laughs> Hugh Grant. All right. What else did we miss, Amelia? I mean, otherwise, I'm just kind of in the potpourri section, so I'm trying to be choosy, so we don't keep talking for 97 more hours, which I could do, and I will not do that to you. <laughs> um. Allison, I have a question since you've been so deep into like Regency history factoids. So we know that like oh, a d- did everyday life in Regency in Victorian England the book give it away, or was it the exactly. season okay, a social so history of the debutante? <gasps> I asked Wait. for that for Christmas. Well, now I have. <laughs> yeah, to no, good. So we'll discuss. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Um. So I like we know that like. The balls, all these ball scenes, we know that everyone's like staying up until like dawn and then going home. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But when Emma throws that party at the beginning, and it's like the scene where like the Westons leave and uh, Mr. Woodhouse is like, poor Miss Taylor. She so obviously wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. It was that one. It's like just like mm-hmm. people came over for dinner. Mr. Elton was trying to like, was it like a clam or a nut or something before putting it down and going, ah. Any friend of Miss Woodhouse's right. is mm. okay. So that party, um, when the Westons are leaving, I noticed this on my last coming focused <laughs> rewatch. Uh, <laughs> um, but he is talking to someone and is like gives the most sincere looking yawn. And while I know that like filming days can go long, and maybe that was just Alan Cumming getting caught yawning, it made me wonder: Well, would a house party of that size? also be a dawn rager doesn't mr woodhouse have a thing in the book where he's like everybody's got to leave at nine like doesn't he yeah, have it a, would not be because yeah. he's like he loves having people over but he never wants them to stay late i remember that about okay. his character because okay. he wants to go to he wants to make sure he's in bed mr knightley stays late like, because you know. mr knightley is family um, family but n- family no. mm-hmm. So that's the way it is in uh, that However, <laughs> I do think you can read any time 
that Mr. Elton is like, oh, I'm so tired. I think it is reasonable to read that as him trying to get an invitation to stay the night because that is definitely a thing that would happen, yeah. right? Ooh, like, there is a point in the yeah. book at which Harriet gets her own room um, at Hartfield because she's staying over so often. So she has a room that is reserved for her and it is Harriet's room. Um, so I, I think it is reasonable to assume that anytime Mr. Elton is like, wow, is it just me or is it tired in here? That, that he's angling. Yeah. He's just <laughs> he just wants a room. So that he can, he can stay a- alongside his beloved, who he definitely doesn't love. She's just rich. Mm-hmm. And very yeah. pretty. Um, and I guess, so, so pretty. Is it, this is actually, this this is more of a joke for a joke's sake and not really when I think of Gwyneth Paltrow's acting. But is Gwyneth Paltrow, at least in this role, kind of neck acting? Like, I feel like so much of it is just, like, posture. And, like, she does have, like, neck. beautiful well, posture. which I think is why acting, acting, totally. Which is why Nacting. I think it's so striking <laughs> when she bends all the way over to kiss Harriet's hand in that scene where she's apologizing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of why I thought it yeah. was so moving. Because she's so upright. And the only times that we really see her, like, go inside herself are when... Um, uh, Fred Churchill does not come and sit with her after they duet at the party. Uh, when she's furiously mm-hmm. looking out the window in the carriage after she's been proposed to, she's like, oh, look at the snow. Um, and then when she bends all the way over. Oh, and also when she's helping at the Clark's house, she is sort of bent. But most of the mm-hmm. time she's totally upright uh, because she is fully convinced that she is in the right at all times. Even when she's like, oh, Mrs. Yes. Weston, the most dreadful thing has happened. Luckily, I dissuaded her from Robert Martin. Well done, Emma. And I was like, no, you were so close. You were so close. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Anyway. But yeah, she does have she does have a very like, right, like upright posture. And her like her neck is very long. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that. I like that as a point. Um mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And there's one final thought that we might have fun unpacking and then I will stop fucking talking Never. as much is Don't. I know that every time I come on this fucking podcast, I tend to bring up the written by Meryl Streep, but put into the movie by Greta Gerwig talk about marriage as an economic proposition. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the closest we get to that in at least this Emma is where the archery scene and how Emma is talking about like oh like you discount her beauty and her sweetness as if men men like do not find these to be the greatest what is it the traits or something that a woman can possess and Mr. Mm-hmm. Knightley is arguing like well men of sense whatever you may say do not want silly wives and it's just so interesting that like Emma clearly doesn't right like she's still fucking up people's lives <laughs> she's still not doing a great job of matchmaking. But to have that, like that insight into the extent of her understanding of, like, personal woman economy, mm-hmm. um, and to have Mister Knightley not really take that as a point, as if you don't want a hot wife, yeah, like as if you don't want a nice wife, right? Like, no, you're totally right. Everyone's marrying smart smarties. Yeah, just totally for their own it. sense, right? No. Yeah, that's why Miss Bates is on her like seventh husband. She's so smart that 
you know, they've all mm-hmm. just perished from the weight of having to think deep. Th- you know, like what, what in the shit? So I would love if anyone has any thoughts about like, well, Emma kind of knows what the market's really about. And this oh, I think I she does. doesn't. I think she understands uh, I... qualities that men find attractive in women, but she completely misreads what that actually means for men. Like in a meaner version of this book, maybe Mr. Elton would fuck around with Harriet Smith, right? Because she doesn't matter. She's below mm-hmm. him. The issue is not, it's not even really the money, although I think the money is part of it. It's that he's a social climber and she brings nothing to the table except for that she's pretty and sweet. But that's not a priority for him. For him specifically. For other people, sure. But for Mr. Elton Mm -hmm. specifically, um, he's not, he is not interested in pretty and sweet. Those are bonuses for a big fat check and Mm -hmm. social climbing. Mm-hmm. There was that moment uh, outside of, uh, well, just before they ran into the vicar and um, the celery root scene happened, mm-hmm. where uh, Harriet was like, aren't you, I'm worried about you, you're not married. And Emma was like, well. Why I'm, would I? I'm fine. Like, Yeah, like, I think she gets it from her perspective. There's no reason yeah, for her to get married. Mm-hmm. And she, and I think that's the blinder there, right? Like what Allison's saying. She doesn't mm-hmm. get it from anybody else's perspective, really, because she's only viewing it from her perspective, where she's well off and fine, and like she just has to be these things. She's choosing not to go and pursue anybody. But these are the things mm-hmm. that people want. Well, and Harriet so Smith mm-hmm. is, to Emma below her notice but she likes her so she's taking an interest so she's making her a project which makes her closer to emma's level while other people don't see Mm -hmm. that mr knightley is the one who looks at her and sees Mm -hmm. the person and how the person is changing and growing and how there are things about her friendship with emma that are obviously good for her um not many um but uh (laughs) Yeah, the, I mean, I think Emma is totally wrong to discourage Harriet from marrying Robert Martin, not just because she obviously wants to, yes, but because that is a respectable match, and Harriet's not going to have all that many offers at respectable marriages, because hanging out with Emma does not make up for the fact that no one knows who your parents are. Like, just straight yeah. up does not. And you read the rest of Austin's books, and you're like... Wow, okay. So the fact that Emma never really brings this up, and she always just says, oh, well, she's a gentleman's daughter. And the reason she thinks she's a gentleman's daughter is because she's hanging out with Emma Woodhouse, who only hangs out with gentlemen's daughters. It's like Mm -hmm. she's got huge blinders because she sees her reality and not other people's reality. She also, I think, as evidenced by her taking credit for the Weston marriage, tends to see these things as sort of... um, stories that she's putting into motion which explains her interest Mm -hmm. in frank churchill because wouldn't it be a wonderful story if she essentially married mrs weston's kid stepson right who is also rich and Mm -hmm. handsome and sophisticated and all of these other things which bumps him up um in her view right like he would make a good story so it's not actually even about whether or not she likes him. It just makes sense that that's how they would go, which is um, mm. not great. If, you, if you're interested in that argument, there is an entire television series about exactly this problem. It's called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, uh, it's about uh, <laughs> thinking that, that what you need is to exist in the right story. Um, 
when really you just need to work on yourself. Emma, get a therapist. Work Emma on yourself, girl. Emma, mm-hmm. be better. <laughs> I feel like ah! we cannot possibly end on a better note than the incorporation of the... Although I did want to make this point. Here, if you want a distillation of the difference between Emma Woodhouse and Elizabeth Bennett, besides common sense and money, money, uh, it's that when prompted to play the pianoforte at a party, Elizabeth Bennett is like, no, LOL, no, I suck. And then Lady Catherine's like, no, you have to. She's like, fine. Fine, but I suck. Dee, 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 dee. And then no one cares because she's so charming, right? Whereas Emma's like, oh, no, I'm not very good. We could ask Jane to play. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> um, because she is actually about all about the ego. Um, and Elizabeth Bennet, mm-hmm. for all of her talk about her pride being wounded, um, is only proud of some things and not other things. Also, mm-hmm. she's prejudiced. Psst. She's both. She's both. The title okay. of the book. Uh, so that was part one of Emma. Next week, we will be looking at part two, which if you are Woo. watching from home and not along with us, we are picking back up right after the dueling pianos. Um, so after <laughs> Ewan McGregor climbs on top comes of to some town. Yeah. rooftop in France and um, co-ops Elton John's entire catalog, um, right there. I hate that movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, of course I you do, you sap. It. Um, it's, it's about love, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can tell us what you like think about it. Moulin Rouge <laughs> and my particular hot take uh, by finding us on Twitter <laughs> at SickburnJane, but also at PodlenderCast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PodlenderCast. You can find us on Instagram at Amelia. Where are all the places they can find us on Instagram? Uh, Sickburn Jane, Podlander cast, or if you want to get all of your network news in one place, yeah. that would be Podlander mm. Presents. Um, and hey. Amelia has been doing some cool shit with our Insta, so go take advantage of it, because I don't understand it. That's not true. I like engaging with it, but I'm like, how'd you do that? I don't know. I don't have brain space to contemplate this right now. She's, it's because she's good. Um, you can also find us at Patreon. Patreon.com slash PodlanderDrinkCast, where you can support the show, get access to bonus episodes, including a new series of bonus episodes that we are starting um, that we are tentatively calling, what? What now? Um, what now? Where we talk what about now? something that has nothing to do with Outlander or Jane Austen. In this case, the very first episode, which you can find on Patreon sometime soon, is uh, about hotness. Um, so come listen to that. Uh, you can also join our Slack, which is the best, and you've heard we talk about it a million times. So there's the Slack. We want to thank all of our patrons. The show is really expensive. We couldn't do it without you, but we especially want to thank the following lovely folks. <clears throat> Jess Bree, Catswa156, Maddie Perkins, Stazinak, Lisa Brienne, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, Kristen Freckled, Fury, Laura Calm, Amelia Bazell, Liz and Tinkerbell, Stella Woo! Welsh, Tori Halligan, Claire Feeney, Rochelle LaFever, Amanda Smizazza, Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Kelly Mazella, Chantal Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lucino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Bukowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Karen Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Julie DeToy, Jen Lynn, Kelly Bond, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the Wise. Um, thank you so much for all your support as always we'll be back next week to talk about the real golden butthole of Emma um, among many other fun characters who will will Emma wind up married who knows 
Will she will she find a love? Who knows? What will become of Harriet Smith? Will she perhaps be set upon by gypsies? Who knows? Um <laughs> <spoiler>. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.